0: Leeds United We're
1: gonna give the boys a hand Hello and welcome to the official Leeds United podcast with me, Emma Jones, Matt Lewis and Jermaine Beckford. Have you got your voices back, boys? No, not yet. (laughs) Just about. You sound like me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovely.
1: Have you both recovered?
2: Very, very nearly. Very nearly. Oh my gosh. The absolute scenes, by the way. Wow. Nothing like it.
1: You were here. Um, you saw that winning goal by Joffy here at Ellen Road. What were the scenes like?
2: If I'm honest, I've never seen 36,000 people at the same time crying <laughs> tears of joy.
1: And you were one of them.
2: 100 percent. Oh, my gosh. The, the goosebumps are coming back to me now. Like It was a mental, mental moment. And obviously, we deserved to win that game. We were far superior than they were. We had a couple of really, really good opportunities, good chances, played some really sexy football as well. But ultimately, what are games judged on? Goals. And we were lacking the goals. We got we got one, obviously, in the first half, which was oh, nothing less than what we deserved. We should have gone in maybe two or three. Uh, do you know what, actually? Three or four up in the first half. We had some great, great chances, some great opportunities, played some really slick, nice, lovely football. Oh, my gosh. Some of the... This is what this is the type of football that I'm expecting to see now from from Mr. Marsh and and the boys because we saw it against Leicester, we didn't see it against uh, against Villa, but now we've seen it against uh, Norwich. So the Leicester and the Norwich performances, I'm I'm assuming that's how we want to play: pressing in clusters, um, high intensity, high energy, keeping our, our positions at the back, and creating chances. And Pat just rusty. He was rusty. That's all I'm putting it down to. I see Matty <laughs> smirking away in the corner there.
1: <laughs> Would you like to add to that, Matt? Well, I
0: was I was just smiling because the next line that you've got, Emma, on the running order is, we'll go into the game properly in a bit.
1: Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what, boys, right? I'm just going to switch the running order around. We'll Basically, we're going to say happy birthday to a few people, but first, we've got more pressing matters. Yeah. Matt, where did you
0: watch that game? Well, I was in the pub, as I always am. I got cramped from celebrating, which I'm still nursing now. You so- <laughs> Oh, so soft. I'm not even kidding. I had the Theragun on it last night. It's still killing me. So those oh, lads big who shout out like, to Ferragun. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Send me um, those lads who maybe had a little bit of a niggle, like Pat and and uh, and Rodrigo, I see them sprinting down to the corner to celebrate. So God knows what they're oh, feeling like today.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> how much better do we look with oh. a striker of Pat's quality up front? I mean, I know they they talked about it on match of the day. I thought Ian Wright really summed it up really well with just how different we look. And don't get me wrong, Dan James is fast becoming one of my favourite players. He
2: did an excellent job.
0: Yeah. He is tireless and he works so hard and I really, really rate him. But how how much better does he look in his natural position on the wing? So when you've Absolutely. got, you know, Pat up there and Dan James is able to do his stuff on the wing, we just look A completely different outfit and it's really
2: exciting
1: and also it gives like you say the rest of the team the confidence if they know they have got Pat up there doesn't it
2: yeah look you look at the type of player Pat is he's selfless he's high working high energy and he leaves everything out on the field and he only played for 45 minutes but the work that he was doing, I, I hate bigging him up like this because his head's massive as it is. No,
1: it's not. W- he's lovely. <laughs> it's, we love it. It's him. really not. It's
2: really not. But you look at the way he stretched the game. So he was trying to run in behind the defenders, which naturally drops the defenders back a little bit and right. it creates huge spaces for the midfield five to kind of push on and squeeze up the field a lot more. When he's not playing, we didn't have that luxury. Dan James, yeah. as you mentioned before, did the best that he could do. But because he's not a naturally... Um, aware centre-forward, like, that's not his his first and foremost thought. He's His his is, can I get on the ball and then try and make something happen? Whereas Pat's like, well, if I run in behind, it's going to create spaces somewhere else and then I do the second movement to get myself into mm-hmm. the right positions for the ball to come across. Like we saw with the shot that he had, he let the ball cut across his body just a little bit too much. And um, without him making the, the first movement, the initial movement, that wouldn't have happened. Also, for the goal... In the first half, it was his movement that was pushing the defense back yeah. anyway, which created the, an opportunity for the defender to knock the ball down to, to Dan James. and took a lovely touch. On and Rodrigo done, done exactly <laughs> as, as I would normally have done steal somebody else's shot, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> what it, a finish I though. It. I want to mention
0: Rod's as well because, uh, uh, and I don't know if it's because Pat was on the field um, that gave him that bit of, spa- that breathing space, but I just thought that he, he played out of his skin and, and it really allowed him to thrive in the game. And actually I thought we, we you know, when Pat came off as well, but when Rodrigo came off, we suffered for it and, and, he, and I think that he had a bit of a niggle in his quad or whatever, but what a performance from him as well. I mean, everyone was, was played really well, but he, he was someone who really stood out to me, Rodrigo.
2: Do you know what I liked? What I really enjoyed? Seeing the four defenders and the two boys in, in the midfield playing in their zones. I never thought I'd, I'd feel that way. We looked really solid. We looked really robust at the back. We looked like we weren't chasing shadows anymore. You know, we weren't easy to break down. We we minimised the amount of opportunities and chances we gave away. And that, that was quite nice and refreshing. And I feel like because of that side of it, you look at the Rodrigos, you look at Rafa's, you look at Dan James, you look at Pat as well. It gives them the opportunity, the freedom to, to preserve a little bit of energy that they would normally have been doing in the defensive aspect. But they, they can use it going forward, which is great.
1: Matt, we heard you talk earlier, Jermaine, about them implementing Marshy's style of play. Have you been impressed with just how quickly the boys have adopted his system, Matt?
0: Yeah, I mean of course. I mean I I was I actually went back and listened to our last show which I don't often do. Um, and and I, <laughs> and I was asking Bex why. I was asking <laughs> why because I was I was bored on a drive and I had no else to do so I put it on. No, off. why don't you listen yeah, to I it?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no no, but seriously, um, and I was I was asking Bex about how long it would take and you know, I think after the Villa game I was along with a lot of people was concerned that maybe it, it wasn't sticking and and the Leicester game could potentially be um, the limit of our new manager bounce and and um, and actually maybe the players weren't picking it up this just goes to show that actually hopefully that Villa game was the anomaly um, because they, they seem to have settled into it really really quite well I don't think that you can really call the the, the goal we conceded a, a lapse in I suppose it is but it's the 91st mm. minute I mean come on we, mm-hmm. we, we've defended so well for so long I mean The game should have been put to bed. We should have been 3-4-0 at that point. And so a goal in the 91st, who cares? It just was frustrating because we'd not been able to put some of those chances away. But no, I mean, they they all seem to be bedding into it really, really well. And that's really, I mean, let's, you know, it's Norwich. But um, still, I mean, the fact that we could have, you know, just look at the scoreline 2-1. Maybe you go, well, I'm not sure about that. But when you actually watch the game and you realise just how far ahead of them we were, and should mm-hmm. have been on the score sheet, that does fill me with confidence that the players are, are really, really um, getting
1: it. Absolutely. And Bex, let's talk about the man that stole the show in the closing moments, Joffe, How buzzing will he be? Oh,
2: my word. Firstly, you, you could see it. You could see it in his initial, his immediate reaction to scoring the goal. There were so many camera views, different angles. And one of them from the side, he was just full of ecstasy. He was just so excited, so happy. And then my favourite one is the one front on. You could just see borderline tears in his eyes. You could see the passion that was screaming out of this kid. Brilliant. But this is the sort of thing we've been missing. We've been missing this centre forward in a centre forwards position. You saw when Rafa went around the keeper, he cut it back. He could only cut it back to one place. And that place was where Joffrey was stood. Yeah. Now, I don't think anybody else would have been stood in that position. And that just screams out centre-forward positional uh, sense. He would have gone home that evening on cloud nine. On absolute cloud nine. The world is his oyster. We know how good he is from a Leeds angle, from a Leeds perspective. And that gave everybody else a great opportunity to see him. Obviously, he didn't play for long, maybe five, ten minutes at the end of the game, but it gave everybody else an opportunity to see the quality that this this young kid has. And he's at a great place where he's going to be kept grounded. He's got great people around him. His mum put a uh, put out a tweet uh, a couple of days ago just crying emojis just seeing how how proud and how happy she was of 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 him and you know it was it, uh, there's no words that could explain that that feeling that emotion that he's he felt in that that exact moment it's just it's one of those magical moments honestly it's so nice because you
0: know obviously it's it's kind of the moment he should have had with the Chelsea game, which was cruelly robbed away from him by oh, yeah. some terrible officiating. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, he, gets, <laughs> he gets those plaudits and he, it's not just a goal-hanging tap in. I mean, his tenacity to get... And what is he, five foot nine? To win the ball in the first to place. get yeah. that header and not just get his head on it, but a beautifully witted header through to Raf. Like, he creates the entire setup. I mean, you know, Raph's got a lot to do, take it around the keeper and that, but... He sets up that entire thing and that hunger and then to get himself up the field and, and be in the right space. Like if you want to turn 40,000 people inside Ellen Road on, on, right behind you for the rest of your life, that's the way to do it, <laughs> isn't it? I think he's Bloody done
3: hell.
1: it. <laughs> he's nailed it. And there was something, it felt a real pivotal well, a real pivotal place in the season. It felt like more than just a win that game, didn't it, lads?
0: Well, it needed to be, didn't it? And, and, it, and it very nearly wasn't. Um, and 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 to go from to have the the strength of character because that's one of those positions where you could very easily go oh well we've we've fucked it now you know that's mm. that's it you know we we were in a winning position we didn't take our chances in a must win game now we're going down um, and they didn't and I think that that is a very very important thing to acknowledge that this team and who knows what's going to happen I think we've we've got enough and I've said it multiple times what we do know is that they ain't going to give up. And that's those five minutes there. I mean, th- that, those ninety seconds there symbolise that that whatever happens, they're not going to give up. They're not done. They're not uh, resigned to their fate, um, and they're still fighting for this team. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, and I've always thought this about Leeds teams, and we, we've needed this for a long, long time. We just want people to look like they care. <laughs> and, and, mm. and we had it in the, t- in the in the team when when Beck Scott was promoted, and, and we've got it now. And the fans will forgive so much if they believe that the team are giving everything they can and yeah. and i see that right now
1: yeah, and, and it was clear that Marsh could see it. You could see in his celebrations, Jesse Marsh was impressed with how his boys had managed to grind out the win. And Victor Alter, um when you were busy getting cramps celebrating, could you see Victor in tears,
0: Matt? <laughs> we did. We did. We saw him. We, I mean, I think I think we, we could see him through our own through our own tears <laughs> yeah. that, we were, that we were washing away. But no, I think it just, it, it, like you said, in the context of the season, it could be pivotal. I mean, bizarrely, we've had quite a few of these, haven't we? The penalty with Wolves, the Christmas Crystal Palace, uh, Brentford. We've had quite a few of these, these, these these, near escapes. But this one in particular just feels so important um, in the context of not only it being a must-win game, but the fact that we dominated the game um, and the fact that we should have won comfortably and yet we like to do it this this leads way as always, <laughs> um, which I think Marsh is now acutely aware of. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if he was when he was coming here, but he's aware of it now.
1: I don't think you can ever be fully prepared until you get here and you're fully immersed into it. And then you go, oh right, we are definitely doing this the leads way then, aren't we? Yeah.
0: But I suppose without without pain, there's no pleasure, is there? And so it just means <laughs> that the highs are, are, yeah. are so much higher when, when when the lows are what they are. And I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> you look at the timing on that. First minute equaliser,
1: wow. 94th minute winner. That is, that is Leeds, isn't it? Welcome on board the roller coaster, Jesse Marsh. Right, continuing the celebrations, we have got a few happy birthdays to do. First up, happy birthday to Pete Kale, big Leeds fan who's celebrating his big day on the 18th of March. Happy birthday! Mm. Have a good one, Pete, whatever you're doing. Also, belated happy birthday to Lewis Clare who celebrated his birthday last week. We're told Lewis started supporting Leeds in 1992, aged 18 eight uh he's not been put off in all those years so hats off to you lewis uh, and he's proud to support a proper club unlike his other half amy who is a bees fan so happy, a birthday proper club. You. <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday to you it belated is birthday, worth pointing out um, right so we were lucky enough to have a chat with Calvin Phillips a few weeks ago because of when we recorded it there's Prizes no for anyone of the who can thing, guess who that was or Marcelo's <coughs> it. but it's a wide-ranging <laughs> chat that we're sure you'll enjoy <laughs> Anyway, here's our chat with Calvin Phillips. <laughs>
2: oh gosh, not again. Mm. Matthew, <laughs> all right, hands up. My fault.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, my love?
2: I'm all right. Yeah, it's been
3: it's been a long, long few weeks out injured, but
1: I bet you are chomping at the bit to get back out there, aren't you? Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm literally I'm kicking every football. Right, with like the TV and stuff in my living room, like every kick that everyone's, every ball that everyone's oh. kicking, I'm kicking it as well. So like-
1: oh, god!
3: This this club, obviously, to anyone who comes and plays, it, it sort of
0: gets in your blood. But obviously, it means just that little bit more to you for you know for obvious reasons. Um, and obviously, with this sticky situation, let's say that we're in. And, and, and you not being able to be a part of the last few weeks. Just how frustrating is that?
3: Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, you, know, you always want to be out there. You always want to be helping the club and helping your mates as well that are playing. And obviously seeing things not go so well as they have done this season, It's it's been very difficult. Cal,
1: I know it probably feels like forever ago now, but just cast your mind back to the Euros last year. How do you reflect on that now? Do you have any standout memories or funny stories from that time?
3: Funny stories, I've got quite a few, but tell us. None that I could really say. Why, why don't you say them and then we
0: can always cut them out later on? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, Carl. No. Do you? How did you feel? Because we were wetting ourselves when uh, Pat got his cap, you know, and he didn't know whether to get up or not. Did you? See, I don't know if you were sat there. Tell me yeah, that you yeah, were pissing well, yourself. Yeah,
3: it's just funny, isn't it? Because I always, I always. I always, I always <laughs> the mick out of Pat anyway whenever I see him and
1: what do you say the mick out of him for
3: just everything oh. just everything everything that everything <laughs> that I can see that maybe it might catch my eye or make, make me laugh I always, always take the mick out of him so uh,
0: is he really the worst dressed because
3: Bill alien said he was the he was yeah. the worst dressed at the club you know what it is I think he's just lazy when it comes to dress sense so I don't think he's actually that bad, bad like he's got that bad of a dress sense but I think he's just lazy with it. Like he'll get up in the morning and just chuck on whatever and come into training. Like he's not bothered. He's one of them ones that's not bothered about what he's wearing and, and stuff like that. There's been times where obviously we get these Adidas training socks here. Yeah, yeah. very There's nice. There's been times where three years ago, we had Kappa, or two years ago we had Kappa socks, and Pat still comes in then Kappa socks today.
0: So.
1: I love him for that, I love him for that. I am a
3: bloody macron, so
0: yeah. I can't talk, can
1: I? <laughs> um, But are there any stories from the Euros, Cal, that you can share with us?
3: One of them that stuck out for me is um, after the group stages when you know we didn't know who was going to get, we thought um, it were depending on how Hungary and Germany, I think, played, or Hungary and somebody else played against each other. We had a day out. We had the f- the free day to do whatever we wanted, and I went to play golf. Well, not play golf. Went to watch golf because I had a bad shoulder. But watched them play. Watched Kyle Walker play, Jordan Pickford, Harry Maguire, Rashford, Ben White, Aaron Aaron Ramsdale. So it was a fun day then. And then um, we got back at about four o'clock. And then when we had like a little barbecue in the eating area, and then. I uh, went and sat down, turned around, and Ed Sheeran was sat on the other table. So,
1: had he turned up there to see you guys, or was he just in the same place by coincidence?
3: No, because it, it, it was a private hotel, so I think Harry Kane was the one that sorted it out. He messaged him and you know asked him if he'd like to come down and see the lads. And... How
1: the other half live? Of course, Harry Kane just messaged Ed Sheeran.
3: Yeah, he came and brought his little, his little guitar and sat there and played songs. Bloody things. hell. I've got videos on my phone. Oh, <laughs> my God, really we good. need to
1: see this. Were you all singing along? Did everyone know all the words?
3: Yeah, everyone, yeah. yeah.
1: That is brilliant. I love that. What, what a memory to have, genuinely, that and you I just know. turn around and it's like, oh, that's Ed cheering.
3: Know. I know. He's a really normal person as well, like just really, really nice guy and, you know, came and spoke to everyone and obviously got his guitar out and started singing a few songs.
1: Was there anyone who got a little bit too much into it who you were like, well, you're a mad Ed Sheeran fan then? Jordan Pickford is funny. Was he? Was he going for it? Jordan Pickford, frother loved it. Yeah, proper, proper <laughs> proper <laughs> <such> it. <fun. laughs> and just back to uh, club football, Calvin, because you're living your dream, aren't you? Playing for your boyhood club. Um, and we've seen a lot of youngsters come through and Get game time uh, with the first team this season almost forced into doing it but they've relished the opportunity do they come to you and ask for advice because they know you have that experience
3: um not really no <laughs> 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 no but obviously all the young lads that come through um you know I'm always very friendly with them I'm always very open with them if they ever do anything wrong then I'll take them to a side and let them know that and um you've got like so obviously Jamie Shackleton and then you got Cree, you got Joffrey that has just been started just started playing and done really well. So um, I don't really like to say too much to them because I like them to just you know f- feel comfortable in what they're doing and they're really good lads anyway. So I know that whatever advice they get, they're going to take it on board and just keep on making them strides forward. And you know I think most of the lads that have you know the young lads that have come into the team have done that. And you know we've still got a good few young players as well that are coming through and. And hopefully they can get some game time as well.
0: How was it for you when you when you were coming up through? Because obviously you know you were at a club for a long time, but then when when Marcelo came in, you were asked to play a, a completely different role from what you were what you were used to. I mean, did you have someone apart from him guiding you through that? Did you have other players that were sort of saying it's all right, mate, you are going to get there, you are going to, be able to just figure this out, and you are going to be brilliant? Um, or did you have to do it on your own?
3: I've always had the like the so called leaders in the team, like Coops, Stewie, Luke, Adam. They've always been, they've always been very helpful with me. They've always helped me through certain situations in my career where I thought that, you know, I might not play or I need to play more or, or whatever, something like that. And it's always just been the fact that we're very close and we always get along. Um, like I said, whenever, whenever I do anything wrong, you know, I've got the people above me and the leaders that tell me it's not right and, you know, tell me how I can be a better player. And and then there's times where I think you've got to. Do it by yourself as well. That you know when you've not played well, or you know where you need to get better at certain things, and you've got to work extra harder to, you know, to to make that happen.
1: Who are the other key influences in your life, Calvin?
3: My mum, my gran, my brothers and sisters, my girlfriend, the lads here, most of the lads here who have been here for a while. Obviously Gareth Southgate and his coaching staff, and then just just the lads that I know through football, like obviously playing. For England I know quite a few of them lads and then you know, they're just playing against certain people. Um, obviously I don't really speak to the players that I play against, but I just look at them and feel like, you know, they're doing really well and, you know, I wanna kinda go in the same same direction as what they're going. Um and yeah, obviously, you know, my friends and family as well, which, you know, are very close to me, I always speak to them and they've always been the people that have kept me humbled whenever I Maybe sounded a bit cheeky, or
1: sounded a bit, <laughs> a bit So Matt, I want to ask you now, and Calvin, I'm sorry because I'm going to make you blush. But what is it like for you as a lifelong Leeds fan seeing Calvin's just go from strength to strength to strength to where he is now? Oh, look at him! He's getting ready. He's prepared to speak here, <laughs> Calvin.
0: No, I mean obviously it's it's a fantastic story. Just hearing him talk there, you sound like you're constantly just trying to absorb information from everywhere, um, and I just think that's such an incredible. Um, a very humble um, ability, especially at your level. I'm England's player of the year. Like the, the sky's the limit for you. You could very easily just be like, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm fine. But you're not like, you're still trying to learn from as many people as possible. And you, we asked you who was who, who was an inspiration for you there. And you reeled off about 30 people. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you, 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 you seem to be constantly wanting to learn more and, and achieve more. And that that's incredible. Um, but then to know that you're a Leeds lad and how much the club means to you, you know, we've had to let go of a lot of talent over the years. Um, and it's always been really gutting whenever we've we've lost someone. And so for us to have kept on to you and for you to have been able to achieve that promotion with Leeds, like it just means so much. Like between you and the fans, there is such an incredible relationship. And um, I think that we owe you as well. The I mean, we talked about how you had potential to go yeah. earlier. Um, you could have gone to the Premier League earlier. Um, but you you know, you chose to to stay and do it with Leeds and um and it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, so you know, if you ever were to sign for anyone else, it would be terrible. It would be disastrous.
1: <laughs> no pressure there, Carl.
0: <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people would ever come back from that. So just that's just a thought. I mean, I know you like to take that's things right, on board, right. so uh, just maybe something to leave to leave with you. I can
1: hear Leeds fans everywhere going, yeah. Yeah, tell him that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but serious, Calv, It's been it's been amazing watching you and and, and and you know adopting to that new role. However many years ago now, and um and becoming the player you have have become, it, it means a lot to a lot of people around Leeds, mate. It really does. Thank you very much.
1: Are you blushing there, Calv? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask you on that? Because you are so loved, how long does it take you to do like day to day tasks? Because you must get stopped all the time. In, in Leeds does it take you ages to just do things and get about like for example if I was to go to Aldi I, I'd be like right I can be in and out within 20 minutes do you need like an hour and a half <laughs> because people will stop you on every aisle for photos
3: do you shop at Aldi Calv I have shopped at Aldi too. be yeah. yeah. <laughs> man it's of the people really that's what Love I want to hear Love it. but yeah I will not say an hour and a half I'd probably say it'd take me in you'd probably say take double the time because obviously I have to stop photos and stuff, which I don't mind. I, I honestly, when people ask me for photos, like I'm happily like willing to, you know, take photos with everyone just because you know they've shown me support throughout my career and um, especially especially kids as well. Um, I love obviously being an inspiration to kids and being a role model to kids. So when kids ever come up to me and ask my for ask for photos, I try and go that little bit more and maybe do a little video message or something or give them a photo that I've got in my car or whatever. So
1: love that. I mean, you're that much of a role model that you've got a mural in the city centre. Do you ever just go and like, stand <laughs> near that and be like, that's me?
3: I drove, every time I drive past it to you, fair, I'm like, oh, bloody hell, who's that? And then look <laughs> up
1: and it's me just like that. <laughs>
3: love
1: it. That is though, isn't it? Yeah, that is I incredible. love
0: it. <laughs> it's so good.
1: Um, just from your point of view, Calv, because obviously you do have to work extremely hard, you throw everything into that um, and you take a lot of time out of your life as well to give back. You are very laid back but does anything ever wind you up? Ever? Because you just never seem to not be smiling.
3: Maybe we're getting beat and um, the team are keeping the ball and I'm just running around like an it. This- <laughs> <laughs> um God. That's something that, that's something that you know, I look back on and I think why am I so stupid? Why am I doing that? Why am I getting so angry about it? But then during the moment, I just see red and I just want to win the ball back. I want to, you know, set players off for the team and, you know, I want to try and get a goal for the team. So, I think in that case, it's probably just if, you know, teams are really good, like we played Man United at their place last year when I think they scored three goals in the first 15 minutes or whatever. And, and it's frustrating because you're like, well, obviously it's Manchester United, but we wanted to go out there and sh- showcase what we wanted to do and, you know, it will not working and then that's when sometimes I get really, really angry and run around and just want to smash as many people as possible. (laughs) I can't do that because it results in red cards and yellow cards and stuff like that.
0: Because obviously in the championship you can maybe get away with a little bit more than you can in the Premier League. And and we know that you, you like a physical challenge now and then. Yeah. Um was that something you had to adapt to? And, and and for England as well, actually. You know, is it something you had to sort of have one eye on go? I probably won't be able to get away with that at the Etihad or wherever.
3: Yeah, definitely. I've always, i think over the last few seasons now I've not actually had many yellow or red cards. I don't did I get one last year? I don't think I did get one last year. No, I think in championship will last one, won't it? Yeah. Which obviously for me that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> But <laughs> well, yeah, obviously with all the VAR and everything being included into the game now it's it's a lot more football's a lot more softer than what it used to be, so Right. Um obviously I go into games, obviously not wanting to not wanting to hurt people but I enjoy physical challenge and mm. I like getting stuck in and you know there's not better than, you know, making a big tackle and the fans behind you roaring yeah. and you know, you get up, you feel really ten men after that. So <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, I it. think over the last few seasons it's been a lot more difficult. But like I said, I haven't had any red cards in the last two years while I've been in the Premier League. So long may that continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
1: And and Cal, just on that, in terms of things that wind you up, what about outside of football? Is there anything in life that gets under your skin?
3: There's not much. I'd probably say the only thing that gets under my skin is you see. When you have toothpaste and you don't shut the lid and it goes rock hard, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend leaves the lid off all the time. And that is one thing. Every morning when I wake up, I, go, I squeeze the toothpaste and it do not come out, so I squeeze it even more and it just flies out and all the rest of the toothpaste what? flies out as well. That's outrageous. What, Well, we're living like animals. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Every morning, <laughs> every morning, me and my go- oh, like I said to my girlfriend, like you've done it again. Why have you done that? Why don't you just
1: shut the lid so it don't go
3: harder?
1: I bet she's like that. Why don't you get some real problems, Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, does she squeeze.
0: does she squeeze from the middle of the tube as well? No, I do too. Fair. I squeeze from oh, the bottom. Oh man, yeah, that, that gets me that.
1: Bottom up.
0: Why do you roll it? No, I just, I just, I just go from the bottom. I just yeah. My so yeah, girlfriend yeah, rolls. Yeah. You-
1: to be fair, she's preserving it. She's getting every last bit of toothpaste out. Decent technique. So that's, yeah. that's a- Matt. Do I you was- have any bugbears in life?
0: Uh, yeah, I hate it when people leave a bit of tea at the bottom of a mug. That pisses me off. That I might finish but- it.
1: Just yeah, finish but it might it. have gone cold. That bit.
0: Yeah. Well, the, why? Why? Why have you waited till it's gone cold? <laughs> you know, because I, mean, I got to put in dishwasher, and that's start throwing tea everywhere, and it just off me off, like, just finish your drink.
1: <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on this alone actually, lads. This is quite interesting. <laughs> quite insightful. Um, Calvin, you've spoken brilliantly about Black Lives Matter uh, in support of Marcus Rashford's campaign for free school meals, and we know that you yourself support some local charities near where you grew up. How important is that to you?
3: Um, I think it's really important, obviously. Um, from Leeds, I want to show love to a lot of communities a lot of different um charities and and people who just you know need help in general especially after covid and you know all the stuff that's gone on with covid um i just like helping people i don't like i always sit there and think do i do enough do i do enough to help the community do enough do enough to help maybe independent companies you know when they're struggling from time to time so you know that's always on my mind and you know, I know I do, I do a little bit of of that, but I also want to do a lot more. So I am looking into venturing into helping a lot more people in the next year or so.
0: Oh, that's incredible! Because you could very easily just be playing your football and go home and sit in your. I don't know what car you got. Some expensive car. Oh, I, or just I, I not even, thought you were going to even... say your
1: pants then. I'm
0: glad no, you said I, car. No, I was going to say, his range <laughs> rover or But you could, I mean, you could very easily and, and no one would even begrudge you that because they'd be like, well, he works hard enough on a pitch, he can go do what he wants. But... Mm. You want to go and give back to the community and, and, and give back to people and, and you've talked about the fans there. That's huge. People will be really, really inspired by hearing that because you don't need to, but you do. And and, and footballers get a bad rap for a lot of things. Um, and so to hear a player as with, the, with the profile of yourself saying that actually, even the stuff you're already doing isn't enough, you want to even do more, Is that's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, I think.
3: It's just one of the things where I've, like you said, I always feel like over the last... Six months or so since the start of the season, I've gone home and I've just thought, I've just been sat there and thinking, like, I should be doing more, I should be helping a lot more people out, especially in the city and, you know, different communities and stuff that have been struggling because, like I said, the COVID and everything else. So it's just one of the things that's come to my mind the last month or so. So I am, like I said, I am, you know, trying to work out different things to try and help the people that do need help around the city. It
0: feels it feels so much to me. I've mentioned it a few times on the show that um, you know Andrea coming in and and obviously Marcelo as well. It feels like the city's been given its club back, and that the club has a, a real um, community orientation. And and um, it's just it's been so special over the last few years because Leeds being a one club city, it always it always has been so part of the of the city's psyche and everyone, you know, it's very rare to find a, a youngster in Leeds uh, or it was when I was younger growing up in Leeds who wasn't a Leeds fan. Yeah, um, It just meant everything to everyone in the city. And then obviously it became very, very strained over the last 16 years, but it felt like we have been given the, the, the club back. And I think that the city has benefited massively from it. Do you, do you feel a real sense of community now with the club? And in, in a way that, because Premier League in particular can feel so distant now from the, from the man in the street. There seems to be such a, a, a gap now between what what football's become and what it what it originally meant to be, but it feels like Leeds has managed to avoid a lot of that. Would you
3: Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously with the direction that the club's gone in, you know, the last few years, it's massive thanks to Andrea for coming in and sorting the club out. Because I was here before with Cholino and before I got my scholarship, I think you know maybe Ken Bates was in charge as well. So. No, I think just over the last ten years or so, it's been very difficult for a lot of Leeds fans to kind of process what's going to happen with the club and what direction we are going in. Because it felt like we was going like we'd come from up here down, and then we went across, and then we kind of went up a little bit when Gary Monk was here, and then down again. And then with Marcelo, we just you know we just escalated to another level. And you know it's credit to you know the guys that are coming in you know, helps us out with the money-wise, Andrea, and up to the San Francisco 49ers as well. And, you know, they've got they've got the right people in charge, I think, you know, with Angus Kinnear and especially Victor. I think Victor's one of the most passionate people you'll ever meet about with United.
1: I'm very vocal with it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he
3: is. Which I love about it. That's, that's what I mean. He's so passionate. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. nice to see that somebody who's come from a different team, come from working with other professionals to come into Leeds and, you know, want to do so well with the club and bring it back to where we were supposed to be. I think, you know, Victor's one of the... When I look at him, he's one of the main people that I think's always wanted Leeds to do well since he walked into the job and he's always wanted to, you know, help the club out. And I think, you know, without his help, we would we would have struggled a lot more than what we
1: have done. We speak, Calvin, to loads of legends from Leeds United and they reflect on their time at the club. Do you think because you've seen almost both sides of the coin and you've been such a crucial part of the rise of this football club in recent years that in many, many years when you've retired you will reflect on this in almost a different way than you do now because you'll be outside of it. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, Um, I think so, yeah. Definitely, I think, you know, I've been there through the ups and downs, so... I know what it's like, I know what it feels like, because I'm a Leeds fan as well. I know what it feels like for disappointment. I know how it feels, obviously, when we got promoted and how ecstatic I was then. And I think, obviously, when you leave football, I know 12 years' time, when I when I leave football, it'll always be something that You know, will be missing from me. Like, I'll always miss it, it'll always be something that You know, I want to have back. And your career goes very fast. I'm 26 now and I can remember... I remember signing my scholarship when I was sixteen and thinking I've got a, I've got a long time ahead now, but I'm 26 now and it feels like time's just gone flying by and I think obviously when I retire and when I'm old and and probably fat, uh, <laughs> 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 um, I will look back at him. because I, I I know for a fact that this club's gonna get even bigger and bigger. We're gonna grow and grow even more and. You know, hopefully, I can look back and think. You know, I was obviously at a pinnacle point in that time, and you know, maybe I was part of the team that started that off. And you know, I'll always look back and think. You know, I was in the right place at the right time to, to make that happen.
1: When you do retire, there'll always be a job on the Leeds United podcast for you. Yeah, we'll, kick, we'll kick Pat off. And you- <laughs> yeah,
0: God, yeah, i have been yeah, trying yeah. to for long enough. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah, get
3: Pat sacked off. <laughs>
1: Carl, just one final question for you because we've recently had people asking Betis to send over his autograph so that they can get it tattooed on them. What is the weirdest request, if you can share it with us, that you've had from a fan?
3: Do not want to get my phone out and have a look? I don't know the weirdest one right now, but...
1: Just something that you've had to do or something. Have
3: like... you Have you assigned a an interesting
0: body part perhaps or has anyone you know someone must have a tattoo of your face somewhere someone oh, yeah. must have that.
3: I've, seen that I've seen that before yeah but I don't think that's yeah. weird like looking at it I do like when I first see it I'm like oh that is a bit weird but then it's just the fan in it like he he loves he loves me obviously. And you want to hope that star. it's a
1: flattering tattoo, though, and you're not like, "God, I look ugly in that." Yeah. Because they're walking around with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They have to find a good tattoo artist to do that, though. They? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what, what if they what if they put what if they put weight on,
0: and then your face is slowly yeah. just getting bigger and bigger.
3: It's just replicating what I'm going to be like <laughs> <laughs> Do
2: you like eating, oh, Calv? Is the,
3: is, the di- is the diet hard work? Yeah, very Adwa. I just love food. I just love yes. enjoying myself eating nice food, and, you know, I did struggle with it at first. Are you doing all the, all the boxing stuff that Pat was doing oh, yeah. to try and shred the pounds? You know, I'm going to get a video of Pat doing that boxing because he says it's boxing, but it's not boxing. So weird. He t- he's been telling us that he's got the toughest punch in the <laughs> in the squad. He said he'd knock you out. Pat is really, really strong, right? And his one punch is quite hard, but then his jabs and stuff when he's doing jabs like he's supposed to jab it quite hard and not like he literally He's tickling
1: still, it oh. yeah it.
3: <laughs> and then his the big, the big punch is that he's not too bad one which,
1: punch because one he's saving down.
3: all his energy doing that and
0: right, right, right. Right. The, the, Deontay Wilder I just went here yeah. mate, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Calvin just, just very finally because now I know you love food what would be your dream meal like starter main and dessert
0: Welcome to the Legionite Podcast, everyone, with the hottest inside information you can ever find. Calvin's favorite dinner.
3: Come on, let's hear it. So I like I like everything, but if I went to a restaurant, and I had to buy starter, main, dessert. For starter, I would probably get bruschetta or croquettes. I like truffle, you know, truffle croquettes. Yeah, very yeah.
1: fancy, Carl. Okay. Yeah. Someone's doing well. Not, not
3: getting not getting those you at mean, Nando's, are we? Yeah, <laughs> And then for me, I'd probably have maybe a steak or some sort of fish or something like that.
1: Would you have chips with it?
3: No, I, well, I don't know. No. no, but I we're in dream that.
1: world, here. Like, we're in, oh, like, no. a world yeah, I where you're, have, like...
3: I'd definitely have chips. Yeah.
1: Would, would it be Triple fries cooked. or... Yeah, or chunky chips?
3: Chunky chips? Yeah. Chunky chips. All right, interesting. And then for dessert, I'd have to have, like, a Biscoff cheesecake or... Oh, like yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, Bloody now we're hell. talking. Biscoff. Yeah, a... Do you love Biscoff? Yeah, I love it. Oh, <laughs> my God. Ain't it just the best thing ever? Yeah. <laughs> there we have it. Calvin Phillips' dream meal. Calvin, you've been an absolute joy. What a oh, we guy. love Calvin, what don't we, boys? Guy. He's a good lad. Can't wait yeah. to get him back.
0: I'm, well, I'm thrilled that he's just confirmed he's never leaving Leeds. That was
2: so sweet of him to do that as an exclusive
1: on the show. Breaking news. <laughs> Calvin Phillips Agent, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, thank you so much for joining us. Right. Matt and Jermaine, thank you, boys, as always, for joining us. Thank you for having a listen. That is it from us this week. Do keep sending in all your comments and questions. We love reading them, and we'll be back next week. See you, boys. Good luck, Leeds.
2: We are so proud,
0: they shouted.